Okay. Well, that's good. Okay. <clears throat> All right. All right. Episode three. Three. How's it going? Is a magic number. Um, good, man. Um, sounds weird, but to say this, but I'm getting used to doing this quarantine stuff now. You are? Yeah, I mean, like the first two weeks I had cabin fever. And I was just like, man, I want to get out and do something, like go shopping or anything. But now I'm, I'm a little more chill just being at home for long periods of time. Um, I'm still okay. I haven't... I haven't really felt that. Maybe just like, uh, you know, maybe just being around, you know, friends like you and other yeah. people besides my children. But uh, no, I'm, I'm okay. So far, I'm okay. I mean, so far, I haven't been like, oh, I have to get out. I just got back from Target. So, I mean, it's like I ha- like it's not like I haven't been out completely. Um, but uh, it's just yeah. like. My friend was like, it's like airport rules right now. I was like, you're right, because I left and I didn't even think about, I didn't even think twice about what I was wearing. I just left like I was in a hurry. <laughs> yeah. Well, of course, I mean, I miss, I miss my friends. I miss my family. Um, I miss hanging out like with my friends and family. Um, it, it feels weird to say this. Um, like I was talking to a friend when this all started and I was like, you know, younger people now have something that's affected their world that's probably going to stay forever changed. Like, you know, with us, we had 9-11. And after 9-11, everything changed. And I I was waiting forever for everything to go back to normal. And it never did. We're still changed after 9-11, like the way we are in airports now, higher security everywhere else. Um, Everyone's extremely sensitive about stuff. It seemed like that all kicked off after 9-11, and it never went back to normal. So, I mean, I, th- I think, you know, in some, in some way we'll probably be still quarantining maybe like once a year or once another epidemic like this rolls through, but now it's in our system now where we know how to do it. And so, yeah, I, don't I think so. You're right. I mean, even the Dr. Fauci is already saying like, we should never go back to shaking hands with people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, he's like, he's like, why do we need to do that? It's, it's a. I mean, I mean, but of course, it's, I don't even know where that even started from, but it's something that everybody does. I mean, everybody does it out of respect from, or I guess most men do that out of respect. I know yeah. women do it, but mostly I guess it's a man thing. Men do it out of respect to show respect. But um, I mean, I guess you're right. You don't have to shake hands. I mean, you could bow to somebody or you could do, you could do the South side. What's up with your chin? <clears throat> I'm good with that. Yeah. The the shaking hand I mean even the shaking hands thing people think it's rude if you don't shake their hand or you know you're you have to extend your hand first to True. I mean where, where we used to work a big corporate company um yeah everybody was always doing that and I was like and those people I was like I don't want to shake your hand you look dirty to begin with or, <laughs> No you're right I mean yeah somebody will get offended like oh like if somebody's like oh, I'm all right and they're like what's wrong with you but uh, I think maybe it's just a Western thing because, you know, Japanese people don't shake hands, really. Yeah. They bow. To, they bow. So, yeah, I mean, I mean, it could be where we never go back to work or not back to work, but not back to work in buildings, too. I mean, people could just be a, 
I was talking to my uh, one of my coworkers at work um, where mm-hmm. you know you you may see you may see later on as a part of a house you know as part of buying a house you know show me the office like right now not too many people care about an office so it, right. it might come into like it's going to be that's going to be an important part of somebody wanting to buy a house like let me see the office is it good enough Oh uh, yeah I mean I, I'm pretty sure we're going to see some changes for the, in the long run um but yeah, like I was saying, I mean, we we had stuff that changed after 9-11. And I, I remember after 9-11 thinking like, man, when are we going to go back to normal? And we never did. We stayed permanently changed um, in, a lot, in a lot of different areas. So I think, yeah, it's probably going to be that same way with some things now, like uh, not shaking hands. Uh, maybe another disease will come along, maybe not as serious as this one, but we may have to go back to wearing masks again or all right, we're going to quarantine for two weeks and see how this turns out, blah, blah, blah. But Yeah, some people are already, some idiots are already trying to say, let's get back, let's start the economy again. I was, uh, I follow I follow the drummer from the band, the Tea Party from Canada, and he was putting mm-hmm. um, these people, I want to say, it was in the Western Canada, I want to say um, mostly probably where they make all the oil, uh forget what what city it was in western canada but they were staging a protest on the corner a protest to open like open the world back up like to stop the quarantine and i was like jesus <laughs> christ uh canada it's his comment was uh <laughs> his comment was somebody lock up this idiot but uh even today in meme news, what's the new meme? Like that, the guy we follow, Cthulhu. It's yeah. uh, what did they say? It's the it's the council to reopening America, <laughs> and it's just all it's just all old, encrypted Dylan. white guys. Yeah, <laughs> encrypted white guys with uh with what's her name? I wanted oh, to call her. <laughs> I wanted to call her Priyanka Trump, but I'm sorry, Priyanka. I didn't mean to say that. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> We work with a girl named Priyanka. She probably was never going to listen to this, but I don't know why I said Priyanka Trump. Ivanka Trump. Uh, Meanwhile, in the Legion of Doom. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Like I said, I'm getting getting more relaxed doing this. Um, Not as antsy about trying to get out of the house. Yeah, I feel okay. I mean, I still go outside. You know, I don't know you do too. I walk the dog. Uh, in the morning, I walk the dog on lunch. I walk the dog when I get out, when I finish work. So it's not too bad. Um, but yeah, I guess you're right. I mean, it's becoming normalized. And uh, it's not like we don't have anything to do inside, thankfully. If we didn't have the internet, who the hell knows where we would be? Or yeah. some people. I mean, I would still read. I mean, we, still, we still have our records. I still have my books. But I don't know what other people would do without TikTok right now. <laughs> <laughs> they would have no TikTok. They would have burned the uh, they would have burned the streets, the city down. You know already. what? I downloaded when TikTok first came out. I downloaded it and I didn't know what to do with it, and so I was just using it for apps, like when I would hang out with my nieces and make so you know, curve, Drew. just make like dumb pictures with them, you know, with, with the filters. Mm-hmm. Um, and then my old my not my old my youngest niece. I have I have nieces and then I have great nieces. I was taking pictures with my great nieces. My youngest actual niece, she's like 12 or 13. Uh, she was looking at my phone one time and she like, she just looked shocked and she was like, 
uncle, you have TikTok? <laughs> and I was like, yeah, why? And she was like, well, my friends have TikTok. And I was like, okay, what do you mean? And she was like, but you're old. And I was like, Oh so God. now when I see when I see people doing TikTok stuff, I'm like, yeah, that's like a young cat's game. That's not my game. <laughs> that's normally the that's normally the the uh, the watermark, right? It's like, oh, my mom's on Facebook. See you later, Facebook. Yep, I'm out. I'm out. Uh, but yeah, let's get into this. Oh my God! Well, well first, thanks for everybody listening to the first two. If you're back joining us. Thank you. Yes, uh, thank you. I, I had people tell me they were like watching the Rosemary's Baby sequel movie that I posted about. Nice. Uh, um, there's some few trashy and probably better movies on, on YouTube that, that I found. Um, just finding like little things here and there. So that was one of that I just wanted to post. It, it was terrible. So we'll get into that. <laughs> So, so did you know about it before because you were a fan of Rosemary's Baby or you just happened to like, oh my God, I didn't even know this was existed. Uh, I found it a couple of years ago. I never knew it existed. Um, someone posted about it and I, was, I someone posted the picture that I posted where on our Instagram where he looks kind of like ghostly where his face is all painted white. And I was just like, what think, is uh, this? Maybe that's where Jonathan Demi... I'm I'm starting to think he ripped it off because he looked to me he looked like uh, what's the guy from Science of the Lambs Buffalo Bill. Oh, <laughs> he did. He does look of. like him, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, you know they also made another one in 2014 with Zoe Saldana. Yeah, but it was like a was but it, it was, it was like a remake. Yeah, I thought it was. Oh, I thought it was Kerry Washington. No, oh. racist. No, it was Zoe Saldana. <laughs> That's not what I meant. <laughs> Uh, no, it was Zoe Saldana. I didn't even know that existed. I only found out about that one because of this one. Uh, okay, okay. Um, yeah, I just I was on a I was on a, a movie group on Facebook and um, somebody posted about it and I was like, "What is this?" And I read about it and I was like, "All right." And then I happened to find it on YouTube and I watched it on YouTube. And it was funny. <laughs> there's there's like um, somebody it's uploaded twice on YouTube and one of them is like terrible quality. And it looks like the background is like a wave, like moving, like the background's continuously moving. That's the one I saw. I was like, "Is this part of the? Is this part of the TV show? <laughs> or, or did I did I eat something by accident that I wasn't aware of?" Because I was like, "What's I, going on here?" I guess I gave it more of a druggy feel when you watch that version. But the other one, not that's on there, it was it was like a Patty Duke fan club. Yes, it was way higher quality. I didn't watch that one though because they had because. Because the one that I watched that was wavy was the correct time. It was like an hour and a half. That yeah. one, that other one was two hours. I'm like, where is this other 30 minutes coming from? Well, it was all like the blue background. Like if it was on a, like if they had it yeah. on, like they burned it on a DVD or the VHS. Yeah, I had to fast forward for a couple of minutes. And then uh, they cut out the commercials on that one. But I guess the it was shown on the old, when Sci-Fi Channel just started out. Because it has like um, screen caps from that TV uh, station. Uh. I like the little watermark of sci-fi. Yeah. This but, one didn't uh, seem... I mean, if they had commercials, it was a good edit, because I, I didn't notice... I didn't even notice any breaks. What did uh, you think of it as a whole? Oh, my God. <laughs> so... <laughs> it's like... Uh, it's like a satanic after-school special, I guess. I don't know. It's 
Dude, it's bad. I wrote a lot of notes. I wrote a lot you know of what? notes on this. It felt it like the the supernatural when it went like like with the chanting going on over over what was being shown. It looked very eighties, like with the flashing <laughs> lights and like the intense music. <laughs> and I was like, I don't remember seeing this in the. Well, I, I don't remember seeing that too much in the seventies movies, where it was just like you know, like all of a sudden a wind comes through and curtains are being blown and you hear glass breaking. And, that's supposed to signify evil going on with the flashing was, lights and thunder, thunderous noises. Yeah, it was very melodramatic. It was very like soap, soap opera melodramatic at the beginning. Yeah. Um, I, I, read a, I read a review of it afterwards on the Film School Rejects website. And mm-hmm. uh, the, be, the best quote on there they liked it i thought it was shit but they liked it for some reason but the best quote to put on there he goes if it's possible <laughs> if it's possible to be blasphemous to satan he goes this movie is blasphemous <laughs> to satan <laughs> um there was i i patty duke comes out at the beginning um apparently she, was, she was she was amazing she was, to be she was supposed she was to amazing. be uh she was supposed to be rosemary in the original movie and just it didn't pan out or whatever, and then they got me a pharaoh. But uh, I didn't know that. Yeah, you told me that. I didn't know that. Um, that's Sean Astin's mom. Samwise Gamgee. That. Yeah. Yes, it's his mother, and his lesser known. What's his other? What's his other? I think, or maybe the other one's his stepbrother, the one that was on uh, Facts of Life for a hot I, minute I know. towards the end. Mackenzie Aston. Mackenzie Aston is his name. Wait, isn't Mackenzie Aston a girl? No, I thought that was his name. Oh, that that is. Sorry, my, I, I'm right. using it with the other girl. You're thinking of Mackenzie Mackenzie Phillips, right? You're thinking Mackenzie, Mackenzie Phillips. Phillips. Yeah. Um, and Gomez Adams. Yes. He's the Aston. Um, oh, no, I, I wonder why. I was trying to, like, I mean, if anyone's seen the original movie, it's 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 mainly Roman Polanski's doing but they make everything seem very coincidental, even the smallest things. And then at the end of the movie, it, you just realize nothing was a coincidence. Everything was designed to keep her in the loop, keep her there, uh, keep her from running away. Um, and she's basically like in her own, she's basically like in, in hell, basically. Like she, it's not a happy ending on the first Rosemary's Baby. And, but they're they're just like regular people that are part of a satanic cult. But in this one, they have like supernatural powers and <laughs> they can see things. And right, like, that was a real weird turn. So this one basically picks up. It starts off and it picks up almost right at the. It kind of well, how can I say this? The very beginning of it is the very end of rosemary's baby at least a little bit kind of kind of like sliding you into it oh you remember this yeah um rosemary's baby left off yeah rosemary's baby is i think it's a masterpiece roman polanski god bless him i guess to me he's like michael jackson you're like uh i can't i i don't know how to i don't know how to hate this guy because his his art is so good but (laughs) um yeah he's a master it's one of those things that i think i mean i'm not an expert on horror movies like you, but I don't know if you would agree with me. The best part about it is that he tells you what he tells the audience, what's going on the entire time. So you're basically like, Oh, you know what's going to happen. And that makes it even more creepier. Um, but it's a masterpiece. So yeah, going from that to this, I'm like, Whoa, it's like, this, 
This, the only two actors from the movie from the first one that carried over were Ruth Gordon and her husband. I can't remember the, his name. The husband is a different guy. Oh, it is a different uh, guy. Okay. Yeah, the husband of Roseberry's well, maybe was uh, Sidney Blanchett. And uh, this guy's name is Ray Milland. But they look exactly the same. Because I had to look it up. I'm like, is this the same guy? It's not. Okay, so then only Ruth Gordon. But dude, her yeah. voiceovers throughout this film were... St- <laughs> I wanted to tell her to shut up. Like Right. Yeah, the first and one, she, she, she was annoying goofy. enough. Like when she's doing the voiceovers in here, she sounds goofy. Like almost mm-hmm. hokey where you're like, okay, you're like a goofy ass Satan worshiper. Yeah, the first one is like, she won the Academy Award for the first one. So right. the, it's almost like this one, they're like, you know how you were a little bit of a jerk the first time? Or you were a little bit annoying? Let's just ramp it up on this bad boy. Let's turn that up and let's turn down the skill. <laughs> yeah, it almost turned into like a, you know, like a Islander, New York Islander, like just annoying, like like Marianne from Brooklyn on the Howard Stern show. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so there's three parts. There's three parts to this movie. So the first one is what the book of Rosemary. Uh, Rosemary and then it's the book of Adrian, which the Satanists name him. And then it's the yeah. book of Andrew. <laughs> um, I want to ask you, you told me disco when you were describing it to me oh on i remembered the, it as on the disco. film rejects yeah the film rejects were like it's disco i'm like where is the disco because it is in the it's like 70 it's what is it 76 but i was like it's this is this was not disco i, I, I was almost waiting for that because on the second part after the rosemary part and they kicked into adrian it's like okay maybe this will maybe okay it's not it's not gonna be a good movie but maybe this is gonna get a little bit crazier and i was like oh no he's just a jerk <laughs> uh, yeah, that was my bad. In my head, I remembered it as a disco type scenario, but I guess it was. You weren't the only one. It was prog rock. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> dude, it's just I don't know. I mean, it was. It seemed very, very long. Even for an hour and a half, it seemed very long. And um, another thing they brought up, um, uh, Chris. Did you see he posted on there? He was like, is this the omen? Um, he brought up a good point because a lot of people oh. thought that this, I guess they were cashing in. Like, they, I guess the reason they made this was to cash in on the popularity of the omen. What do you think about that? Uh, I wouldn't doubt it. I mean, there was a, there was like a an onslaught of satanic movies in the 70s and the 80s too. But uh, <laughs> looking looking back, at, when I see some movies that come out, came out in the 70s, like The Devil's Reign. Um <laughs> uh, Things like, you know, there were a bunch of satanic movies and then there was that satanic panic BS in the 80s where... With Dungeons and Dragons? Yeah, every every day on Geraldo and uh, <laughs> Donahue was like the satanic cults and I was like, man, I'm going to have a problem with satanic cults when I finally become an adult. <laughs> <laughs> and now I don't see them. At, well, they probably are around, but I just don't see them. Um... But my brother, my brother watched it, and he was like, "Is that uh, was she Ginger or Marianne? Can't remember. It's, it's Ginger. It's uh, two. No, oh, he was me. like, "Is that Ginger?" And I was like, "Yeah, it's her. She plays the what is it? What do they describe her as? The ant. She's a no, but she's a, a hooker. Brothel. She's a hooker. Brothel, brothel owner. Yeah, but when he when she first when Patty Duke first meets her, they I forgot how to describe her. Wayward." Wayward hooker or something like the describer. <laughs> but 
that, and you're that right they're, too like they can they can control people like yeah i was just about to say that like their powers in this and their powers in this one all of a sudden are like off the chain yeah like she just heard she just happened she just happened to hear it in the phone booth and all of a sudden they con- they t- completely took over her <laughs> yeah that was this whole thing was just crazy but it was it was good to watch it once not have to pay for it <laughs> yeah and the guy who played uh, the the father the original one was John Cassavetes who if you don't know right. who John Cassavetes is look him up uh this new guy though he looked just like him and he just like his name was uh, George Mahanis. I was looking up this. A lot of these people. A lot of these people were like hardcore character actors in the sixties. Some some of them even in the fifties and the sixties. But Donna Ruth Mill. Gordon, Donna huh? Mills was in it. Who did she play? She was the nurse. His nurse when he. Um... Oh, that was. You're right. The uh, one who inevitably. The one who inevitably takes it's i'm telling you like it's so mel- it's so melodramatic like there's no way in hell through this whole thing just like the first one that anything good is going to happen yeah the one that takes his seed <laughs> <laughs> but i knew that i knew it like as soon as she got close to him when he was in that place at the end he's she's yeah. like you're here and it was just like and it was weird the way she was talking to him like we help people like you what are you doing here what's your story <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, this is so 70s, man. That is called acting, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then, and then his friend. One one place I saw, they said it was his son, and then all of a sudden it wasn't his son; it was his friend. What was his friend's name? Danny. Uh, I remember the guy that was trying. The one that yeah, was like, in the car. Yeah, like no exposition. No, 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 not the original one. Where he, uh, also, I don't know how they switched so fast when the cop pulled him over. I was like, "What? That's just come out. That's not even believable at all." <laughs> you know, they didn't even crash. It's not like it was a crash and yeah. they dragged. Like, switch with me. All <laughs> like when were they? Like when did they switch? When he was doing the burnouts? Um, no, not that guy. The other one, the one where there's no exposition. Like, why is this guy his best friend? His mom, his aunt, or whatever was like. I don't like, she's like, I think me and Paul, is it Paul? Me and Paul, we're going to go to San Francisco. Yeah. Yeah. And she's like, I don't like you hanging out with him. I thought he was going to be like a bad dude. But to me, for all intents and purposes, I guess he met him in a church. So maybe he was a priest. I'm like, no exposition whatsoever. Like, who is this guy? How did he even be friends with this guy? (laughs) Their, their temp, their satanic temple or whatever just looks like a satanic storefront. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it looked like a VF, it looked like a VFW hall. Yeah, Ruth Gordon. She's like, where? When the when the husband's like, where are they? What are they doing? She's like, they're in a store, but it's not a store. I'm like, what is she? She's like, oh, quit bothering me, man. You know, yeah. give me a break. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that that was terrible, but it was it was interesting to watch. <laughs> oh yes, it was interesting, but uh, yeah. It's just like it's just that's all I kept thinking. I was like, this is a satanic after school special. And As I wrote down on, my... Go ahead. Oh, go ahead. As it went on too, I was kind of like, man, this seems pretty intense and heavy for like a TV movie. Especially the movie of the week. Yeah. Which FYI was the movie of the week, apparently on ABC back in seventy six. 
like the, uh, the the death scene with the electricity and the just the satanic things, like when they showed chanting and his, the demonic faces when, when he's in that prog rock scene. Yeah, that's the only thing that made sense to me when they started they started painting his face like a mime. I was like, oh, that makes sense because mimes are the Antichrist. <laughs> lots uh, of slow mo, lots of slow motion. Yeah, let's slow this down, stretch it out. Um, what else? Yeah, like, oh yeah, and like what? <laughs> what the music turned the devil into it? Like, brought the devil, helped bring the devil out. I guess and. Because they were already gonna, they were already gonna kill him, and then the music started. He got up. He's, they're like, "Oh, wait a minute, he's got a little bit of spunk in him after all." Speaking of spunk, when like Donna Mills is going after his spunk, why was he being attacked <laughs> by a hawk? <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, she was dressed like a crow. No, she, was she dressed like a crow? I didn't, I couldn't tell. Yeah. I couldn't make out the face. Yes, it was her, and she was dressed like a crow. She's like, "Give me." <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uh, I tell you, man. I tell I've I've told people before the greatest decade for movies is between 1975 and 1985. Yes, you are absolutely and right. It was just like lawlessness. They hadn't really developed a rating system to handle some of the stuff coming out, and it was just wild shit. It reminded me a little bit of that movie. What's that one movie you're like, you need to watch this movie. It was set in the 80s with that woman. She comes down and she's an alien. The one I told Liquid you. Sky. This, yeah, it's basically a porno with no sex. Yeah, Liquid Sky. Yeah. Ah, uh, that was good. What else I wanted to ask you? Like, when you, going back to Rosemary's Baby. Um... I think that was maybe, I don't know, do you think that was one of the first like horror movies that took the horror genre seriously? Because, that, I mean, that is a good movie. I hadn't seen it in a very long time. And Criterion, Criterion their print is excellent. It looks amazing. It um, does. But it's just, I mean, it's, it's, it's a perfect movie because it's just enough. I mean, it's very 60s. I mean, it's set in 65. I think it came out in 68. It's very 60s, the way everybody acts, the way the husband acts, the way the men act to the women, the way the doctor acts to her. But um, you think that I was think the very was... first time it took, took like, like he took the horror genre seriously? Yes. Um, trying to remember if anything else really... Maybe some of the foreign movies came close to that. And I mean, he, Roman Polanski kind of worked... In that area, he was making um, foreign films before that. Well, not before that. Well, yeah, before that. Yeah, he had um, a lot of movies before that, like Knife in the Water. Um, Cold Sack. Exactly. Um, yeah, because I guess I guess movies back then, horror movies back then, were considered schlocky, like the Atomic Age type stuff, and then the Hammer horror coming out of England. Um, yeah, like like I Pulp, mean, right? Like it wasn't really taken seriously. Yeah, I mean. Well, I guess the uh, the ones here in America, like the Atomic Age stuff, mm -hmm. um, that was pretty schlocky and rubber monsters and things like that. Um, the Hammer Horror was a little more stylized, Victorian era, era type thing, old English, um, kind of romantic, kind of that romantic period with just with a vampire thrown in or with Frankenstein's monster thrown in. Um, 
so yeah, I mean, he kind of, he kind of, maybe he did bring it, kind of modernize it a bit. Um, but man, what a, what a monster to pick the devil. Yeah. I think the only thing it got a little schlocky was at the end. Like, uh, with the, with the baby carriage. Oh, the whole, the whole upside down with it being black and the upside down cross (laughs) and that lady sticking out her mouth when, when, uh, Rosemary was like, I'll rock him. And they're like, she was like, no, get away. (laughs) (laughs) Everybody's just nonchalant. Uh Yeah. Like, yeah, it's Satan. Let's celebrate. Here's some champagne. That was, uh, it was interesting, man. I was trying to think of another, there is another one and I can't remember it offhand. I was trying to think of another, um, franchise where a movie started in the theater and then the second part was like a, a sequel. I mean, a second, a sequel. The second part was a TV movie or something like that. I can't think of anything else like that. Not I mean, I know, I know. In the later on in the '90s stuff, there was stuff where it was like there was a movie and then the sequel was a direct-to-video type thing. Uh, but or like in the '90s, the perfect example was as Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Oh, uh, that too. Yeah. And Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Yeah, <laughs> Jesus. That was the worst. And Clueless, too. They tried to do that with Clueless. Yep. Redonkulous. Um, uh, I was going to tell you, I asked you to talk about movie posters. Yeah. And I, don't, I don't know if I've ever sent them to you. Have you ever looked up movie posters from Guam? No. The country, the country in Africa? No. So if you have a chance. Wait, up, wait, just... wait. Guam is an island. You mean Guyana? No, is it Guam is an island in the Pacific? Ghana, sorry. Ghana, okay. G H A N A, right? Yeah. G H A N A. Yeah. If you look up Ghana movie posters, sorry about that. I'm terrible with geography and places. Um, Ghana, Ghana movie posters. They have, they just like repaint movie posters. Ooh, I when see movies this. Oh my out, god, this is amazing. And I don't know if it's the same guy who paints them, but they all look similar. But some oh. of them have some of them have nothing to do with the movie. Like they the one with monster, the one Mrs. Doubtfire. Like Mrs. Doubtfire <laughs> is putting a broom through somebody's eye. These are yeah. amazing. How did you find these? Somebody told me about them a while back. Um, the one there's... for Ghost, the one for Ghost Dog is uh, Forrest Whitaker fighting dogs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's a there's a sister act one. Um, oh my god, this is amazing! I spent, I spent an hour uh, when I first found out about it, just going through all these movie posters, and they're hilarious. Because dude, the Twin Peaks like, one for some reason, Vladimir Putin's on the cover of the Twin Peaks one. <laughs> You're just like, did this guy watch the movie? Like, who are these characters? Oh my god, these are amazing. So if anybody's listening and you have your phone with you and you're or whatever, you have another device to look up, go to Google and type in Ghana, Ghana movie posters. G-H-A-N-A, Ghana movie posters. And you will get a treasure trove of surrealness. You will get slapped in the face with awesomeness. It is redonkulous. And I don't know if they still do that. I remember a couple years ago when I first found out about them, Whatever movies were out at the time, there was a few movie posters here and there of those, but I haven't seen any more recent ones. <laughs> Jurassic Park has somebody golfing with like a dead dinosaur <laughs> on it. 
<laughs> yeah, man, they're they're trippy. Desperate Billionaire 2. I've never even heard of that movie, but I want to watch now. Oh, it's not Children of the Corn. It's Chid Childin of the Corn 3. Oh, my God. Three? Oh, like my her. God. This is the yeah, main You'll thing. spend like an hour just watching, just looking at, looking at those pictures, man. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm going to put... I'm gonna put I'm gonna put all these we're gonna have to put some of these on the Instagram. Oh my I god. The, I saved a the few thing, so I them to you. The thing is Keanu Reeves on it for some reason. Or I guess that's <laughs> Kurt Russell. Oh my god. Okay, I need to stop. Otherwise I'm just gonna spend the rest of this podcast looking at <laughs> looking at these photos. Oh, I'm gonna buy some of those. I don't give a shit. I'll print them up myself. I'm gonna hang them up in my house. I think I think I found a there's a company that you can find on there that sells them, like here in America. But yeah, oh if you're God. listening, if you're listening to that and you want a good laugh, just go. And you like movies, just go and type that into Google search and look at those images. Oh my God, this is what life is all about, Drew. This is what life is all about. <laughs> <laughs> Cujo, the killer dog. For some reason, Cujo is a basset hound with a Rottweiler head, <laughs> Rottweiler body. <laughs> oh my God. Uh so um I don't know any last thoughts about this movie? Um it deserves to stay hidden <laughs> away. Um yeah, it was not good at all. For some reason on that film school rejects, they were like, "Oh, it's so good." Like the first part they liked, they were like, first part, uh, second part, here comes the fun." I'm like, "No, no, no. No, it did not have fun." Really? I prefer the fir- I preferred the first part over the second part. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Well, the first really. Um, also, you're you put a good comment. Like, why is uh, the Antichrist have an Easter egg, and why was the egg black, and why was it a real egg? That's the real question. <laughs> Jokes on you, Satan. But also, we don't know that it was really Easter. I mean, it worked out perfectly for the Instagram. Was but do we know it was where they search for eggs, real eggs? Maybe they were the, they were the fourteen, satanic fourteen. Uh, maybe they were the but, eggs left over that didn't work for Ojo. That you put under the bed. <laughs> um. No. Yeah. No. I. I wouldn't recommend this movie to anybody. <laughs> it, I mean. I mean. Like I said, to me, it's like, well, I guess Jonathan Demi ripped this off for Buffalo Bill because to me, he looked like Buffalo Bill. I thought it was gonna be. I thought it was gonna be more. They just talked about him being a rock star, but I didn't see him sing or do anything. I didn't actually yeah, see him in the band. She got really angry about him singing, and I was like, "Oh, he sings! I forgot about that." And then I was <laughs> like, "Never oh, sang, right? He, he doesn't never sing. sing." Yeah. And then why did they have to make his dad kill his friend? I don't know. All of a sudden, I was like, man, these are too many rules. There's too many rules going on right now. Can't Satan just be a lot more simpler? Like, and he seemed, he seemed so, uh, I guess, problematic to them. Like, wasn't listening to them and doing what they want. And and then they eventually, they were like, well, we don't really need him. And I was like, well, you could have done this a long time. You could have done this at the beginning of the movie. (laughs) He was living that Hollywood lifestyle, baby. Yeah. 
I like how when Rosemary calls him, he's like, you know, I still love you. It's like, you probably even talked to her for like, who knows how long. <laughs> he's uh, like, it's not, it's not even a part of, that was the best part. It's not even a part of us. He's a part of me. Acting. And I don't know, that was see. weird. That was, that was weird for them to tie their names to this. Um, like uh, Patty Duke and Donna Mills. Well, why I, mean, I guess. Think, why do you think Ruth Gordon agreed to this? I don't know. I like she's like the only one. Like, why? I was thinking. I was like, why would she agree to this? I mean, she's she already a actress. She was probably running out of roles to play. Um, I honestly only know her from Rosemary's Baby and Harold and Maude. I can't think of she anything was, else that she was in. She was a very accomplished actress, actor. It's like, I don't know, man. But in her later years or like in her earlier years? In her earlier years, it's like, you know. I don't know. Huh. What is it? What's the saying? Die hero or fade away? <laughs> well, that's not her saying. <laughs> I don't know, man. But yeah, she was super annoying in this movie. I'm like, seriously? You can't get anybody else to replace it? Place this person. Um, also, like, she's. <laughs> I like how when he's when he's a, a kid, you know they you know he's he gets kid he gets kidnapped by Ginger, yeah, uh, and then it all of a sudden it jumps forward so many years where he's now an adult, but the the godparents Ruth Gordon and her husband are still the same age. <laughs> Or even still alive. Right. Also, it's also it looks like yeah, it also looks like the exact same place where the bus just took off. I'm like, you seriously couldn't skimp for other other locations. Yeah. That's also funny where she told him that he killed those kids when he didn't kill those kids. Uh, kind of, I was wondering about that, like why she's. I guess she was just trying to freak her out too. Or I had to rewind that like three times. I'm like, wait a minute, did she really? Did he really kill those kids? But then no, I went back and the sheriff. They got up with the sheriff. They're like, all right, everybody, just you know, everybody's. Like, <laughs> it was funny because there was a lot of people. He's like, all right, everybody, let's break it up. <laughs> like what? I'm like, where are they? Where everybody's <laughs> hanging out at the fucking bus station. Also, like, what are his powers then? Because. All he does is his eyes glow, and then he just pushes people to the ground. He throws people, right? Like the cops and the bikers. And... <laughs> yeah, and that biker, I'm like, where did you get that motorcycle chain that fast? I guess you just, I don't know. It was weird. And it was almost like, first, I thought that was, I was thinking in my mind, because I was already a little drunk, when he goes in between the, the motorcycle guys, I was like, That's a, yeah. that, that, takes, that takes skill. That takes skill. Whoever that when, jumped, that, that when that, I watched uh, that, I was, like, I was like, that takes skill. Yeah, when I watched that, I was like, man, that's that's pretty close. Like, <laughs> and then there's no special effects whatsoever, except for the except for the widening of the eyes. I was hoping he was going to kill. They were going to show some blood on that. Speaking of which, the one and Rosemary's Baby when that girl jumps out, well, when they find that girl dead, that was pretty gory. Where their eyeball popped out for 1965. The one on the street? Yeah, I can't think of any other movie that was like that that like that in the 60s. Or at least not here in America. Not a Living Dead? Oh, yeah. I don't know when neither I don't know when Night of the Living Dead. I can't remember when it came out, but I know it was shot in the, in the, the 60s. Night, 
Martin Luther King got shot. That was 68. But I don't know when it was actually released because it played in theaters for years. Let's see. It says 1968. That's when they filmed it, but... Um, it says release date, October the 1st, 1968. Does it say when, when they started filming it? Or? Uh, production. Uh, he directed, produced... Doesn't really say. Just says the 60s. Yeah, because I've, I've watched something on that, too, where it's, it's saying... Um, it only played in, in certain markets for years. And then it slowly started getting picked up in other markets, like in the midnight midnight movie circuit. I never knew that. It said he drew in his inspiration from Richard Matheson's I Am Legend. Have you read that book? No, but I've seen the movies based on that. Oh, my God. The no, book not, is a... not, the, not the Will Smith. There's um, Omega, Man, oh. Omega Man and... Um, uh, there's another one. That's an amazing there's, book. There was two of them. There's also a movie. I, um, what's it called? I saw this movie the other night. It was very. I didn't watch the ending of it, so I couldn't tell you if it was exactly like I Am Legend, but it was with. Um, uh, who's the guy that sings the Calyp? Uh, not Calypso. Harry Harry Belafonte. Yeah, him. What about him? Um, he was an actor in it, and he's like him and this woman and guy are like the last three people left on Earth after, after a nuclear war or a nuclear bomb went off. And it was called The Word, The World, or The Word, The Flesh, and The Devil. Hmm. Where'd you see that at? Uh, Turner Classic Movies. Harry Belafonte. I pay them 10 bucks a month. I don't know what for. I got a good satchel. But it was called um, the word, the word of the world, the flesh. Let's see. The devil is still alive. He's still alive. Harry Belafonte. Oh, here it is. The world, the flesh, and the devil, 1959. A miner trapped in a cave in resurfaces, and upon discovering mankind has been wiped out by nuclear holocausts. Yep. Mel Ferrer. I don't know. Um, do you think he you think Polanski ripped off at all Argento or more? Or more, you think more that Rosemary's Baby is more like a Hitchcock movie? Mm, I don't know if Argento was out. Argento, I don't think Argento was out then. Because um, Argento was... Uh, Dario Argento, if anybody's listening, or people that are listening. Yeah, he was... Plumage. He's, a, was, he's yeah. an Italian horror movie director, was, uh, Back in the back in the sixties, he was um, he was like a stagehand, or he was like an extra. He worked as a a stagehand and helped with cameras on older movies, like Once Upon a Time in the West, uh, Once Upon a Time in America, things like that. I don't, I don't think he started directing till like the early seventies, seventy two. 
Uh, Rosemary's Dario Baby. Argento? That. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, the the Bird with the Crystal Plumage is 1970. You're right. Rosemary's Baby is 68. Have you seen that? The girl, the Bird with the Crystal Plumage and uh, the Cat of Nine Tails? Um, I've the seen... Flyer. Gray Velvet. Four Flies on Gray Velvet. Um, I can't remember which. I've seen two of them. One of them I haven't. I can't remember which ones they are. I have I have the bird with the crystal plumage, and I think I've seen Cat of Nine Tails. And the Four Flies on Gray Velvet, I haven't seen yet. Do you have the Arrow video version? Uh, no, I have Blue Underground. Nice. Apparently, the when Arrow put it out first, people got mad because they they changed the aspect ratio per the per the the uh, director of photography. People like fucking lost their goddamn minds. So then they made put another one out with the with the original release aspect. Man, that's ratio. crazy. Um, the power of fans, man. Yeah, there was. Um, I was reading, I was watching this movie. Uh, I cannot remember what it's called now. What was it about? It was It was about like all these different assassins with Common and Alicia Keys. Um, I know what you're talking about. Um, it's it's Cookie, in Las Vegas? Cookie from Empire, yeah. Uh, yeah, I can't think of her name. Uh, I know exactly what you're talking about. Let's see what it's called. It's called Smoke and Aces. Smoke and Aces. Um, so there's a <laughs> there's this composer now called Clint Mansell. Mm-hmm. He um, he did the music for Moon and um, Noah. Uh, that movie. Um, did you see like the one with with a uh, Pie Requiem for a Dream? Oh, no, what? but I mean. I can't believe it. the Noah, like the actual story of the Ark. That one with the, uh, with what's his Russell. name, Russell Crowe. Yeah, it's terrible. I did not like it. I can't believe believe you watched that movie. You watched it only because it was Darren Aronofsky. Yeah. Pie is amazing. Requiem for um, a Dream is fucking amazing. Well, Clint Clint Mansell does a lot of uh, music for them. Um, he does he does a, music for a lot of movies. Um, but he was a singer for this band called Pop. Pop will eat itself from England, and then uh, they came to America and got signed to Trent Reznor's label. Um, and they kind of broke up. Um, he got he started doing um, soundtrack music, which he still does. But anyways, he did the music for Smoke and Aces, and the fans were so upset that they did not release a soundtrack of his music on like a physical release uh, because back then streaming wasn't going on too much, so they wanted like a physical release of the soundtrack. That they made death threats against the director. Really? Yeah, and the director finally had to tell them, like, please make a soundtrack of this because the fans are going to kill me. Like, they didn't think... I mean, normally they do. That's weird that they don't. It's on Stars right now. If you want to watch it, Smoking Aces. Uh, one time was good enough. Um, what's the director's name? Oh, my God. Jeremy Piven's in it. Ray Liotta's in it. Ryan Reynolds is in it. That's right. 
Alex Rock. Wayne Newton is Ben. Oh my God. Okay, yeah, I'm not gonna watch this movie. <laughs> Wayne Newton. Andy Garcia. Oh my God. Really? Garcia. Andy Garcia is in it. I don't know, man. I remember... Well, you know what? I do remember watching Dude, like, there's like a crap like, load of people. Chris Pine's in yeah, this movie? There was a ton of people in there. Director Joe Carnahan probably never directed anything else again. Oh, yeah, he did. He did Narc, The Grey, The A... Oh, he was... No, he was a writer. Let's see if he directed anything else. No, it looks like he's a writer of a lot of things. Yeah. I think that was like a. I think that was at a time. What year did that come out? Mid mid two thousands. What's weird on IMDb when you go to when you go to his page on IMDb, it shows a face of Kevin Smith instead of his face. <laughs> two thousand and six. All right. This I think this was one of those like it was a it was a it was trying to cash in on like those. Uh, what was like those that. movies like Seven Dead, Seven Dead Heads, and and Seven Duffel Bags, and those kind of movies? You know what I mean? Like uh, the A Team, and <laughs> no, like this movie was like a <laughs> one of those like a rip off of like Smoking Aces was kind of like cashing in on like uh, what things to do in, when you're dead in Denver, kind of those kind of movies. Uh, you know, I don't think I've ever seen that. Yeah, don't don't watch that. Kind of like uh, what's his name? Um, what's his name? The guy who did uh, Magnolia, it huh? It, it uh, Seven Aces remind reminded me of um, the A Team, and then there was a movie that ripped off the A Team called it was like The Losers or something with the Captain America guy and Zoe Saldana. Well, you're right up the alley because he, the guy who directed Smoking Aces, wrote the A Team. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was all just that type of styled violence and action, and uh, yeah, I think that it, I think people got tired of that after a while. To me, that's it's like a violent, it's like a violent swinger. It's basically what it is. Those movies are to me. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, I can see that. I can see it's that. Like, yeah. like swingers with guns. Swingers with guns. I'm sorry. I, I'm sorry. I can see that. All right. Uh, see what it's called. Gwyneth Paltrow has uh, Dewey Cox. What's his name? One of Step Brothers with Will Ferrell. What's his name? He's got three names too. Uh, uh, um, son of a motherless goat. What's that guy's name? He's uh, Ricky Bobby's friend. What is his name? Uh, I can't. I don't remember that. He's on Tim and Eric. Well, okay, I'm yeah. looking for it right now. What is it called? His, uh, uh, what's his uh, name? Ouch, I don't think of it. It's called Heart Eight. Heart Eight. Um, it's John C. Riley. <laughs> yeah. Dewey Cox. Have you ever seen that movie? Dewey Cox. It's like he's like. That a, is not three names. <laughs> John. Oh yeah. C. I mean, okay. I'm sorry. Well, he puts the middle. Even if it's initial, I mean, it's in there. But yeah, Samuel Jackson's in that movie. John C. Riley, Gwyneth Paltrow. Uh, that's uh, Tom, Paul Thomas Anderson's first movie, Heart Eight. If you haven't seen that, it's actually pretty good. 
It's on Prime Video for free right now if you have if you have Prime. All right, I'll look at that. That's what I like about IMDb right now, because it will tell you. Like, if you look up a movie, it'll tell you if it's where it's streaming or where you can watch it online. It's a good upgrade. It's good a uh, good upgrade to the IMDb webpage. Um, I wanted to talk to you about the new Dune. Ah, yeah. Um, everybody's dogging on this new kid who's going to play Paul Trades. What's his name? Uh, his name is uh, Timothy. Uh, what the fuck is this kid's name? Do you have like kind of curlish long, curly brown hair, curly long hair? Exactly. Timothy. I don't uh, know. I think he I was in. The pictures. Uh, yeah, um, they made fun of him on the, this past Saturday Night Live. If you haven't seen the last Saturday Night Live, the newest episode, they did it all at home. And one of the girls made fun of him. What's he from? Or where's he from? I want to say he was in... He's he's like the little... He's like, kind of like the young it kid now. Um, Timothy... Timothy Chamelet. I want to say he was in Call Me By Your Name. Yeah, he was in... He, that's where he came famous. Oh, in 2013, okay. Call Me By Your Name. He was in yeah. Lady Bird. He was in The New Little Women. Last year, he was in The King. Um... So he's kind of like the young kid right now, uh, but when I, when I was looking at the pictures, I thought that was um, the Stranger Things kid. You're right; they look exactly the same. <laughs> and I was like, "Oh God, this is gonna be terrible." Uh, what's his name? Yeah. Uh, it's got Wolf in it. Finn Wolfhard, I think his kid. That kid's name. That's that's who I thought it was. Yeah. Um, but he is playing Paul Atreides. Okay. Oscar Isaacs is playing his dad. Duke Leto, Atreides. Uh, Josh Brolin is playing the Patrick Stewart part. Okay. Uh, Jason Momoa is playing that, uh, what's his name? Idaho guy. Uh, who else is in it? Zendaya, Zendaya is playing uh, Johnny, played by uh, Crazy Lady, who wanted to be in Catwoman. What's her name? Yeah. Sean Young. Sean Young, yep. Uh, I mean, it looks, it looks good. It looks. I mean, it looked interesting, but I know it's gonna it's gonna rely so much. Not so much, but it's gonna look better with special effects and everything else going on. So, and the good I'll thing is, the yeah, the good thing the director was like, I'm not gonna make it one movie. He's gonna make it multiple movies. Wow. Um, the other, I mean, the original one. I don't. I don't remember seeing. I didn't see it when it came out when I was a kid. Um, actually, I didn't see it till I was a teenager. But it's it it doesn't it's interesting, but I'm not like, man, that movie's great. I'm gonna watch it again. It just I think I watched it twice and it's just sat there in my collection. So the The Lynch Dune? Yeah. Did you see the uh sci fi channel? We were talking about that no. earlier. You see that one? No, but I heard I heard that one was really good. It is. I mean, really, the the mo the most well known actor in it is is uh, William Hurd, who plays uh, Duke Leto. I mean, it's good because it's longer. It's like three hours, or I think it's six hours long. I had the DVD when it first came out on Salvation Channel. I bought the, I bought it as soon as it came out. I wish I still had it, but um, it's good. Um, what was I gonna say? Um, I saw it when it came out, 
my parents were divorced when I was a kid. So my dad would pick me up on Saturdays. And I don't know why, but for some reason, his time with me sometimes would be going to the movies. So he would take me to the movies and then he would bring me, he would bring me back home. I don't know if that's something that my mom was like, no, you can just have him for a movie. I don't know. I never, I've never even asked my parents. Um, but that's how, but that's how I saw like Star Trek two. That's how I saw Fletch. Uh, that's how I saw Return of the Jedi. Um, uh, and that's how I saw this movie. And, um, I mean, what year was it? 84. So I was, fuck me. I was seven years old. My dad took me to see it. My dad didn't give a shit. He's like, we're going to go see this movie. I'm like, all right. So he didn't talk to me for, he, so he would pick me up, talk to me on the way over there, not talk to me for two hours while we watched the movie. And then he would take me home. God love him. God love him. Um, but I saw a lot of good movies because of my dad. Um, yeah. Now that I'm thinking about it, I don't even know why that happened. I had a, but, it, but at least he would still try to come see me, you know? I had an uncle. He was in Vietnam and he would, um, I don't think he liked, I don't think he liked kids. Um, like little, little kids. So when I was a little kid, I was terrified of him. Um, and then as I got, I became a teenager, he, he would talk to me more. Um, and he would, he would just throw me on his Harley and we'd go run errands or something while my mom and his wife, my aunt would talk and hang out and eat bandulsa and drink coffee and shit. No helmet, and I don't right? want, I don't, <laughs> yeah, no helmet. I don't want to be there. And he was just like, let's go. And I'm like, all right, let's go. So we'd go. Uh, but he would take me to movies too. Like. And we, we would see terrible things, like, <laughs> we saw Young Guns. One time he woke me up, I spent the night at their house, and I was asleep on their couch, and it was like 12 at night, and I was already crashed out, and he woke me up, and he's like, you want to go to the movies at 1230? And I was like, yeah, let's go. And I was <laughs> We're going out, and I'm like, man, this is what happens at night, you know, this is where adults are. <laughs> I, was, I was stupid, you know, we not, when I was a kid... I remember there's one show in particular. You're going to laugh when I say it. It was Moonlighting with, yeah, <laughs> with, with when Bruce Willis was a TV star, not a movie at least, star. At least the first couple of seasons. Um, I, I remember I used to watch that, and I would always think, like, where are they at? Like, what? That's not San Antonio. What city is that? And how do I get there? Like, that's awesome. that, place looks, that place looks cool. I want to get there. And then I got older, and I was like, oh, I think they were in Chicago, but where was that was it chicago i think it was chicago but i was always just like man there's there's stuff like that outside of san antonio like i want to go there how do i get over there why don't we live there this one's for you drew you ready and northern one zero So if you don't know, that was a theme to Moonlighting. Who sings that song? No. Al Jarreau. Oh, wow. You know, if you take that vocal out, it sounds like a... Um, uh, what is it called? Wait, what is it? Oh, I can't think. Michael McDonald? No, no, no. no, that style of music. Um, is it Wave House or what is it? <laughs> like uh, Chill Wave? 
yeah, like that. Oh, I can't think of what it's called. Basically, any uh, any Japanese video game music, like in the late nineties. Well, there's a there's a there's an artist called Macintosh. Yes, you showed me that guy. Macintosh Plus. Did you, he uh, he mashes where he mashes up uh, he mashes up Michael Jackson's a, obviously, right? I think he's a woman. I think it's a woman. Um, I'm not sure, but um, that oh that that Michael Jackson one you're talking about that's another artist called uh, Saint Pepsi. But they're like, yes, but I know who Macintosh because I I follow him on uh, or I don't know so I found him somewhere yeah. So Macintosh Plus has an album. Um, I gotta look it up. Oh, anyways. He he made an album and he basically took an old Diana. I'm explaining this to everybody at home because Mark, I think Mark knows this, but he uh, basically took an old Diana Ross song from the late '70s or early '80s and slowed it down. And that's all he did. He just slowed it down and did some cuts on it, and it created a new style of music. Just taking an old Diana Ross song and doing that. Um, vaporwave, vaporwave, vaporwave. That's what yeah. it is. Vaporwave. Uh, yeah, he created this new style of music called Vaporwave, and it and these kids that would listen to Vaporwave were very much into like '90s smooth jazz type stuff. It's Japanese; they're the ones that could, like created that style, uh, like Japanese also, city city pop. They would, um, they would, they were. It sounded to me like mall music. Like when I was a kid walking around Windsor Park Mall, the music that was playing overhead, just like instrumental saxophony bs and like cooler then, cooler music yeah and then it also sounded like uh, when you would watch instructional videos on vhs like the music that, that would be the, <laughs> the music that would be the intro to it well that's what that's what when you just played that right now that's what that reminded me of <laughs> violence in the workplace part one <laughs> um Oh, but back to Dune. They haven't said who's going to play Harkonnen and uh, Fade either. So I'm looking forward to see who's going to play them. Maybe a nobody. I can't even think. John C. Riley would be a good Harkonnen. It has to be a singer, Mark. No, that's Fade. Um... Sting. He's in... Faid, F-A-Y-D. That was him? That was Sting, yeah. He played uh, his, his nephew. Harkonnen was the fat guy. Oh, the gross dude that floated around? Yeah, Duke Harkonnen. Um, Sting, his only other good role was in uh, Time Bandits. Was that his only other role? Because I don't remember him in anything. He was in another movie. Oh, he's in... Uh, He's in Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels. He plays the dad. Oh, my brother's going to be mad that I didn't know that. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. I mean, I'm looking forward to it. I mean, I love Dune. I love that book. I have never read any of the other ones. I could I could care less. But Dune is them? a masterpiece. Frank, Frank huh? Herbert? Who Frank, Her- Frank Herbert, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. I might read some of those in. Actually, I wanted to read some of Barry Gifford's books. Who's that? I haven't heard of that guy. Uh, the guy that wrote Wild as Heart. Um, I always confuse that with True Romance. Um, my bad. 
So apparently the characters that are in Wild at Heart, like um, Perdita Durango, mm-hmm. um, I can't remember Willem Dafoe's, man, I can't remember anything today. Um, Willem Dafoe, Bobby Peru, that's who he plays. Mm-hmm. Uh, apparently Gary Gifford wrote a bunch of stories about those characters, like and, and other characters too, but mm. while David Lynch's Wild at Heart is one story, uh, there's this Mexican director called Alex de la Iglesia. Uh-huh. He he made a movie called Perdita Durango with Javier Bardem and um, Rosie Perez, huh. and that movie is basically is about Perdita Durango, which in Wild at Heart she's played by um, Isabella Rossellini. Dude, he did Lost Highway. Who? David Lynch. Barry Gifford. Oh, Barry. Yeah, Barry Gifford wrote it. Um, but he wrote a bunch of stories about different characters. Um, actually, if you haven't seen Perdita Durango, it's also known as um, Dance with the Devil. Yeah, it is like it is like natural born killers on acid in Mexico, and it's it's wild. Even if if you watch the trailer, you'll just be like, "What is going on?" Everybody I've shown it to loves it. I need to check this guy out. I didn't know that. Very different. American author, poet, and screenwriter. Damn it! I'm gonna go down another wormhole with this guy. Imagine Paradise. No, that's poetry novels. Wild at Heart, the story of Sailor and Lula. Part one in the Sailor and Lula series. Yeah, there's a few. Lost Highway, dude. We could do a whole podcast on that bad boy. Did you get that on Blu-ray? Oh, did it come out? Yeah. Blu-ray.com. Um... But wait, I, is that that's the one that came out that David Lynch said not to get? Was that the only? I, get, I think that might be right because that's the only one that's out. It's it's like when DVDs came out. You know, as soon as DVDs came out, they were just like fucking throw it on there. Who gives a shit what it looks yeah. like? Just throw it on there so we can look at it. I think they're doing that now with Blu-rays too. Um, yeah, he he put out something saying do not buy it. Something about pen and scan or the ratios off or it's not what he approved. Oh my god, pan and scan is pan and scan should have never existed. <laughs> um I don't know, man. If Criterion oh, you know put what? Criterion put that out, oh my god. I'd buy two copies. I would I would like that one. Um I have a buddy, uh he had just started watching like David Lynch. He's and he, you know, we have several friends together, and one of our friends came to me and she was like Hey, she's like, he started watching David Lynch stuff. And I was like, oh, okay. And he's, he's, I think he's in his 20s. But Is he this said that the he, what guy who works with us? No. Okay. Um, he went up to my friend and was just like, what the fuck is up with David Lynch? And she was <laughs> like, wait, she's like, what do you mean? And she's a David Lynch fan too. And he was like, I don't understand what's going on in Twin Peaks. And uh, she was like, okay, well, you have to watch like Blue Velvet and Lost Highway. And I was like, you can't. I was like, you need to watch more than that. I was like, you can't throw yeah. them down Lost Highway. <laughs> yeah, you can't just do, you can't just jump into Lost Highway. Whether you you'd be like, what is going on here? <laughs> but uh, yeah, he was telling me he was watching Twin Peaks, and he was like, man, he's like, I'm not really too sure what's going on. He's like, but I really like it. So I was like, oh, it's cool. Man. But yeah, he it was funny. He would just he was talking to me about it. He was like, dude, I I can't understand it. 
uh, and he was like, it's, it's not, it's not making sense to me all the way. And I, once I think I have it figured out, it goes a different direction. I'm like, ah, okay. But I, I've told, I'll tell, I've told people before and I'll tell anybody who's listening, like David Lynch movies. It's like, if, imagine if you're at a restaurant, at a bar, anywhere, just out in public by yourself. And you're just people watching or doing whatever, and you you overhear a conversation, and you only hear a part of the conversation. Let let's just say you hear uh, my son Jack. You know he's in prison again for beating up his wife. Um, you know his wife deserved it. Blah blah blah. You know I'm gonna go see him tomorrow, and then the person walks off. All you heard was that little snippet. Your brain, being your brain, is probably gonna, you know, that that may be some messed up stuff you heard, but you're just like, man, what, what the hell is that? Who's Jack? Your brain will fill in the blanks and start piecing together a story for you without even trying to do it. They'll just do that. I think that's the same way you could look at a David Lynch film. <laughs> it's like you're just jumping in and you're like, okay, I don't know anything about these people. I'm just jumping in and I'm fi- trying to figure out what's going on. Yeah, and, and most and most of the time you're like, whoa, 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 whoa! I'm not ready for this. I'm not ready for this. Yeah. And uh, David Lynch himself has said he's never going to explain his movies. He's of the idea that art should be interpreted by the person watching it. That's the beauty of cool. it. Everybody I has like that. their own. Yeah, everybody has their own interpretation. Yeah. Man, I gotta now. I have to fucking go watch Lost Highway. <laughs> Uh, I remember we saw. I saw that in the movie theater, and people were just like, "I could hear people like <laughs> saying, like, what is going on?'" <laughs> and then dude, they were just, like, "Did that guy turn into that guy?" Uh, yeah, dude, just seeing fucking Robert, what's his name, Beretta, just seeing that guy for the first time, you're like, "What the fuck?" Imagine <laughs> just imagine just turning around and looking, seeing that guy just staring <clears throat> you down. You're like, oh, fuck. That, you know what, that movie, Lost Highway and Mulholland Drive, mm-hmm. had two of the scariest scenes that I've ever seen in a movie. But they're not, I mean, if you think about them, they're not that scary. But to me, they're ter- like, uh, when um, at that scene when Robert Blake comes out. Uh, Bill Pullman, Bill Pullman, and uh, Patricia Arquette are at the party with him. They leave, and when they get home, there you can see lights inside their house like going crazy, and there's like this wild trumpet, brassy sound, and that terrified the crap out of me. And then there's a scene in Inland Empire where these guys are sitting in a in like a type a Denny's type restaurant, and one of them Dude. tells the other one like. Inland Empire is... Oh, wait, wait, not just... Inland Empire. Mulholland no, Drive, but, sorry. But I was going to say, though, Inland Empire, <laughs> you can't just jump into that bad boy either. That movie's a whole nightmare, but... Um, <laughs> on, on Mulholland Drive, they're sitting there, and one guy's like, I had a dream that we were eating at this place. And he goes, and then I we went behind the restaurant, and there was this guy there, and he looked, like, terrible or scary or whatever. So the guy's like, well, let's go behind the restaurant. So he walks back there, and he sees a guy that looks messed up, like he looks burned. And the guy just basically comes into frame and the guy screams and like the sound cuts out in the movie. So it's like dead silence, but it's a deafening silence. And this guy just collapses and then the burn guy just like disappears back out of scene. 
that's what's great about that movie is because I think it show I think it shows you how scary real life can be. Like that's real shit. It's not Holly. It's not made up. It's not makeup. It's not. That's yeah. what's scary about David Lynch movies. You're like, this is real shit. I've I've heard and I've read other that people say different parts of the movies. Like, I heard people say like Blue Velvet terrified them. The whole movie terrified them. Uh, so I'm like, man, that's that's interesting to me that he can do that. But that's what I love about Mulholland Drive. Because to me, Mulholland Drive. That is the real Los Angeles. That's all the glitz and the glamour and the facade. That's all the that. glitz, all the glitz, glamour and facade just stripped away. Like he 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 basically did, did with Hollywood what he did with America, you know, uh, the American Dream and Blue Velvet. Right. He it's showed like, it to you, and then he peeled it away and showed you some the underbelly, the seedy underbelly, and what's beneath. Right. Like you, like it's a, like you're getting bewitched by a, a witch, and she looks like she's a young girl, and then you snap out of it, and you see she's old and decrepit <laughs> and rotted teeth. That's what Mulholland Drive is for LA to me. Ah, oh, that's good. I like that. That's such a fucking good movie. I'm telling you, pick them up. Pick even if you wait for fifty percent off, pick up Criterion versions of Blue Velvet, Mulholland Drive. They do them. So such good justice. Twin Peaks, Firewalk with Me. Yes. Oh my God! And then Bruce Lee almost cried. I thought when you sent that to me. Yeah. I was like, this has has to be a joke because every every April Fool's Day they'll put out like a joke that they're going to put out Criterion. Like one time they did Kindergarten Cop, uh, but people but people also make <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but fans also make their own covers that they wish the criterion would put out so when you sent me that yeah. i was like there's no way this is real and then i looked at the link i was like oh my god i'm gonna cry um they're gonna put out a box set in july uh bruce lee finally 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 it's gonna get the justice i had a shout factory uh, version which is pretty good it would come with the blu-ray and it would uh -huh. come with the dvds but for the longest time whenever you would, any box set they'd put out it was only it would only be his films from golden harvest that were made in japan they were made in china first and then of course universal his first american was made by universal or by warner brothers you always have to buy that separate like they never put them together but this one is going to be all of his movies in one box set and it's going to be the original mandarin versions of his first four movies um oh wow with the overdubs and oh my god i can't i cannot wait I'm not a I'm not a massive Bruce Lee fan. I mean, I will watch his movies. All I know, all I've known are the American movies. And somebody told me that's all he ever made. And then I started seeing no. that there were these other movies. But then there, I saw there were movies that came after he died that were attributed to Bruce Lee. But it was just another guy playing him. Well, but the last one trying to cash in yeah, on his name. The last one was Game of Death, and he died before it was done. So the main fighting sequences are him, like where he fights the different guys, like Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, and uh, where he goes in that kind of pagoda. Right. He's like going up. But he died. So yes, they have another guy in there in the other scenes that looks like him, but he's always wearing sunglasses. Uh, so they put that oh. out to, yeah, they put that out to, to finish it so they can make money off of it. Um, but that was the only other one. There, there was the Enter the Dragon. That was made. That was the first American one, and then Game of Death was the second American one. 
um, but which, like I said, he died before it finished. But all the other ones, Fist of Fury, um, Return of the Dragon, which is better known as Way of the Dragon, uh, The Big yeah. Boss, those were all filmed in China before before he became famous in America. But Jesus, it's going to be so badass. Now, I always tell people, they're like, why do you like Bruce Lee? It's just Kung Fu. I was like, it. look, he's badass, but every one of those stories has a moral to it. And if you really, really pay attention to what he's talking about, he, it's not about fighting. Like every single one of those, though the whole movie, he's basically trying not to fight because he's trying to be good. He's like, no, I, I'm not going to fight. I promised somebody I wasn't yeah. going to fight. And it's not until the very end. He's like, he's like, sorry, you you fucked me over. They basically, has, they have to kill everybody before he starts fighting people. Um, well, I mean, what I was saying, there's there's a Bruce, Bruce Lee. The last name is spelled L-I. <laughs> Bruce Lee. Was, they were trying to uh, capitalize on his name by putting yeah. an actor in with that name. Yeah, uh, there's a couple of movies of those with him. Yeah, it's like Bruce Lee. It's Bruce Lee. Yeah. Like I've heard, I've heard people that grew up when Bruce, when they were kids, Bruce Lee was around, and they talked, you know, like they were so impressed with him. You know, Wu Tang Clan talks about kung fu movies. Um, when I was coming up, it was Jean Claude Van Damme and Chuck Norris. Um, like those movies were amazing to me. And we, my friends and I, we were kids. We would talk about that shit all the time. Like, dude, can Chuck Norris kick <laughs> Jean Claude Van Damme's ass? Like, no way. So I, I, I see it the same way when like people talk about Bruce Lee to me. I don't, I don't hold him in that regard. I'm, I don't think he's dumb or anything at all. But yeah, I just hold him in that same regard of like, man, that was that was interesting to me to see like martial arts like that. Because when I was a kid, I made my own nunchucks. Yeah. <laughs> And I was around, running around fighting non-existent ninjas. <laughs> did, you have, did you have ninja stars? No. Um, I had I, I had a friend. He had the, the ninja shoes. The ones that had the, <laughs> he bought about a magazine. And uh, I begged him to let me try them on one time. And I tried them on. And I was like, dude, let me have these. He never let me have them. But whatever. <laughs> That's funny you say that because, yes, like in the late, well, maybe towards the end of the 80s, yes, there was a time where everybody was about ninjas. Like you had, it was all about ninjas. I went as a ninja for elementary school one year. My, my, um, my friend's mom made me a camouflage ninja suit that I wore to the Halloween costume contest. Yeah, it was like all of a sudden, you know, like kids like cowboys, kids like pirates, all of a sudden for some yeah. reason we were kids it was about ninjas like everybody wanted to be dressed as a ninja i took taekwondo <laughs> i took karate for like a hot minute i just i was too fat to kick <laughs> i was yeah it was uh i think I, I got up to an orange belt that was about it i still remember the guy's name he was his name was richard dixon richard dixon karate he was a good guy <laughs> i was like i want to take guitar lessons not karate lessons <laughs> Um, but, uh, American Ninja movies. Have you seen those? American Ninja? Michael Dudikoff. There's the, the American Ninja three is the one that for some reason, me and my brother would always catch on HBO. And that's the one I remember the most American Ninja three, where it takes over. It's that girl from, from, uh, breaking. I'm trying to look up her name now. Lucinda Dickey. Exactly. She's in American Ninja Three, where that it's basically. <laughs> I'm telling you, dude, no, I don't think that's so American weird. Ninja. Is it? It is no, American Ninja Three, where the ninja takes over her. So like she, he takes, he possesses her. 
It's American Ninja? American Ninja 3, I want to say. No. Oh, it's Ninja 3, The Domination. That's right. It's just Ninja 3. It's a, that's a trilogy, but none of them have to do with each other. Right. Like I'm yeah, you're right cuz I tried to watch the first one and like it has it has nothing you're right. It, the story is completely different. Yeah. But that's did, the one we would watch. I, I think cuz at that time we were like, "Oh, this girl is sexy." And then she would start she would start uh she would start uh Yeah, that's the plot of the movie cuz first of all she was sexy and then and then once the ninja possessed her, he she went around and started killing all his enemies. Yeah. <laughs> In the hot tub. <laughs> in the hot tub. Uh, no, you said American Ninja. I thought you meant the, the Michael Dudikoff movies. No, you're right. That's American Ninja. No, this is just Ninja. Uh, yeah, dude. Dude, I remember. I remember when people, kids were just talking about when I was younger. We had this one kid in elementary. He loved Freddy Krueger. <laughs> and I mean he ordered the glove out of a magazine he had the hat he had the sweater and he would just watch he would just watch Fred, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street all of them all, to, all the time at that point there was only like three but he would just watch them non-stop he loved Freddy Krueger he, <laughs> he would sit there in class and like draw Freddy Krueger we had somebody else that was just all about ninjas and he would buy the throwing stars out of magazines or his dad would have them or something He's the one that had the ninja shoes that he let me try them on. <laughs> Dude, I missed that. I mean, those are the days where you could you could cut out the little the little square out of the magazine and yeah. you fucking address it to the thing that it said on there. You would fucking send them your money or a check six weeks <laughs> and wait for that shit to show up and it would show up. Nowadays, people are like, oh, it's instant. I got my credit card. Yeah. I've already paid for it. It's come. There, you had to do blind faith. That's where it also. Dude. Like in the man magazine, like you'd send out for like whoopee cushions and like uh, flies in the the fake ice cubes with the flies in them. Sea monkeys. Yeah. Uh, that's what I was telling people about music too, man. Like, I was like, man, there were, I would find out like Throbbing Gristle. I was like, I would find out or hear about a certain band and I wouldn't be able to hear them for years because. Crazy. Just find it. Here, I would always go to record stores here and they wouldn't have it. And when we started traveling for our job with Lucent, I was hitting up record stores in other cities and other states. And I was finding stuff like crazy. And I was like, man, they have everything I've ever wanted. And nowadays, kids are like, I could wear, my friends make fun of me and they tell me I, I always wear obscure band t-shirts, which is probably true. <laughs> um, you know, I, I'll wear an obscure band T-shirt, and some kid, young kid, will be like, "Oh man, I love all of his albums." And I'm like, "How'd you hear him?" <laughs> He's like, "Oh, they're all on Spotify." And I'm all, oh, uh, fuck you. I miss that. I miss that where you had to really fucking work for getting some bands. Sometimes, yeah, it's, you have to drive to a whole other city. I would have to drive to Austin or Dallas or uh, Houston. You'd yeah. be like, "God, Jesus, I found it." Then I'd I explain to somebody what an import was, and they were like, I don't get it. Like, why wasn't it available here? And I'm like, because okay. it was an import. Like, that was a whole nother racket. That was a whole nother racket import. An, an expensive racket. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was the same thing. Like, nowadays, it's good and bad. It's more, it's more good than anything. I'm, I'm just going to sound like an old man, but it's more good than anything to have everything at your fingertips now. And, I can reference something and everybody's like, who's that? I'm like, look at your phone. Spend five minutes reading about it. Oh, okay. I don't know who it is. 
you know where that Brookstone is in North Star by the, I guess it's, was it Macy's now? Where that GameStop is at? And then right next to it is a Brookstone? And North next Star Mall? Bookstore? Next to the bookstore? No, next to GameStop and North Star Mall. You know where Macy's is at, right? At the very end? That's where Dillard's used to be? I haven't yeah. been in the mall in years. Yeah. But do you remember right there where Brookstone used to be? It used to be Musical, I think it was Music Express. Oh, there was, yeah, the one that had all the imports. They had were like the market on imports, and I would walk in there and be like, "Oh my god!" And even then, even like in 1995, it was like sixty dollars for two CDs. Dude, I remember I begged my mom. They had um, they had the Nine Inch Nails Broken movie. Uh, oh, which? And how which much was, was that? It was forty five bucks. Damn, that's I'll, a lot I'll, of money. I'll explain it real quick to everybody listening. If you don't know what the Nine Inch Nails Broken movie is. In 1992, Nine Inch Nails put out an album called Broken, and he decided to make a full-length movie to go along with each song, well, to go along with the, the, the album itself, and only like two, part, two of the songs that he made videos for were able to be played on MTV. <laughs> the rest of them look like snuff films. Um, it looks like cops finding... A refrigerator in a house full of body parts. <laughs> There's like this grainy home video footage of this guy hanging somebody by their wrists and then burning them with a blowtorch and stabbing them and necrophilia type stuff and just crazy stuff. Anyways, it was rumored that Nine Inch Nails made this movie. We go to, I go to North Star Mall and I go to the record store right outside of May, where Macy's is now. It used to be Dillard's. Yep, and they had they had the VHS. No, what was no Dillard's is on the other side. What is it? What did it used to? What was it before Macy's? Was it Foley's? Oh, it was Foley's. That's right. Foley's, Foley's. That's right. My bad. It was Foley's. Then it became Macy's, but it was right outside on the right hand side, across from where Luby's used to be. Yep, exactly. Um, and they had they had the the VHS cassette of it. This is how old it, old I am. Um, I begged my mom to pay for it. It was like 45 bucks. She wasn't having it. So I saved up 25 bucks. <laughs> she gave me 20 bucks and I bought it. And it was a pretty rough watch, but was I owned everything it. you hoped it would be. Um, it was pretty cool. Like I, <laughs> back then that was catering to everything I was into. So I bought a, I remember buying a, a bootleg and it was basically just a VHS copy that somebody copied. But it was of Pro Jam Unplugged because it wasn't officially yeah. released. So somebody had copied Pro Jam Unplugged, but somehow they got the entire thing. It had it had songs that were not on the show, on the show on MTV, and then it had all this stuff from like Europe, like just from they were on Europe wow. TV shows and all these videos. Yeah, and I think I think I got my grandfather to pay for the to buy that for me. And I think it was like fifty bucks. And he's like, this is it. You're not getting Christmas or nothing for your birthday. I was like, okay. <laughs> I'm Mexican. <laughs> yep. He's like, this is it. You're covered for Christmas, your birthday, yep. fucking your confirmation. You're done, dude, for the rest of the year. The college. Say goodbye to college. <laughs> <laughs> you have to buy your own damn books. <laughs> uh, the old days. Uh, I miss those days, though. You had to really earn it. You had to really work yeah. for it, man. Dude, I used to, I used to skip lunch because my mom would always give me lunch money. I'd skip lunch because I'd have extra money then. Mm-hmm. I'd go and buy albums and singles and things like that. I would, I would not go to school and go buy records. I used to take my brother to school. I used to have to take my brother and our neighbor 
and I would yeah. drop them off at the front of the school. I would drive into the parking lot. This was when I was senior. I would drive into the parking lot like I was going to park, and I would just drive right the fuck out and go look for records. <laughs> I, you know what? I, um, when I was in high school, it was just me at home by myself. Um, my mom would take me to the dentist or something or a doctor, and she would just be like, okay, like I'm leaving you here. You're old enough to do it on your own. Uh, but then she's like, take the bus to school when you're done, and she'd give me money. And instead, I'd take the bus and go to the mall <laughs> or go to Apple Records or something and buy stuff. And then I'd go Then I'd go to school. Fuck, Apple Records, man. That was another place that had shit. That was the first place I remember they would sell used stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like they, had, like they would resell stuff. Yeah, I do remember that. I still have something that I bought there. It was a Pearl Jam box set, and it was the shittiest of quality, but it had all their demos. It had songs from like their some of the first bands, like Green River. I still had that. I tried to sell it on eBay when I first got married, and they fucking took that bad boy down like in a hot minute. They're like, the artist, this is not approved. Because I'm like, what am I going to do with this? I think I paid $150 for that box set. Jesus. And it was because it was all unreleased stuff and it was the shittiest quality. But I was like, I was like, I was so in heaven that I had that. Yeah, I do. I do remember having stuff like that, especially from that store at North Star Mall where it was like, I, I had, I had VHS tapes from some bands where it was like videos that they recorded off of MTV. <laughs> yeah. And then all of a sudden it was like a performance on a German TV talk show or something, and then another recorded video from MTV, and I was like, well, I guess this is cool. I'll have it all on one VHS tape. That's terrible quality. But Now everything is at your fingertips. Yep. Like all right, this man. Podcast. We're at an hour and a half. <laughs> ah, so that's we're good. To, we're going to have to wrap it up. Oh, I think that was a good one. I think we did a good one. Um, yeah, I, it's cool that we had people that participated and actually told me they were watching it. So, yeah, um, there's, there's a there's a few other movies that I've seen on there that, like, there's some Wes Craven movies that I remember seeing when I was a kid on TV that are now on YouTube. That, that, that were, um, so yeah, we just this is an idea. We just kind of spitballed see if people would participate. <sighs> Um, thinking about doing it with other things like maybe an album or book. Uh, yeah, that'd be cool. Book. Maybe just have something. We're not something we'll do all the time, but just maybe have something to talk about so you guys are in on the joke. Mark and I, Mark and I tend to talk about stuff that a lot of people don't know about. It. That sounds lofty and pretentious, but it's true. <laughs> so yeah, just to have something that everybody's <laughs> everybody's in on the joke with. That's cool. Cool. All right, man. Good episode three. Um, we'll see. Thanks, guys. We'll, we'll post what we're going to do next for episode four. Uh, hopefully, we can do it. We'll do the episodes a lot, maybe sooner. I don't even remember the last one. I guess it was in March. Yeah. Maybe, maybe we can shoot for at least two episodes a, a month. We have the time. All right. Stay safe. Bye, brother. You too, man. Everybody, stay safe out there. All right. Talk to you later. Later.